Thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit. To the Lord our God belong mercies and forgivenesses. Though we have rebelled against him, neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws, which he set before us. Let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Good evening. Welcome to Christ Church Cathedral. If you're uh, with us uh, this afternoon by way of the video live stream, we want to say a word of welcome to you. If you're listening in on the Cathedral Audio podcast, we welcome you as well. Will you be seated, please, for a moment? Um, A few things that I'll mention by way of announcement. Some of this is uh, noted in your bulletin, some not. Um, First of all, condolences this weekend to uh, Joan Roberts at the death of Don Roberts. Um, That was earlier this weekend. And certainly our uh, sympathies and uh, um, to uh, to Joan and to all those who mourn Don's passing. And uh, earlier today, just before noon, the death of Mabel Doak. And so we also express condolences to Diane, to her sisters, and to all those who mourn her passing. Just to mention that if you happen to be new to the congregation and would like to be listed on our cathedral congregational list, there is a form at the back of the cathedral. It's uh, there in the the little rack just below the bulletin board um, that um, makes it easy for you to get the information that we need to add you to the list. Um, You can also find that form on the website, and it's uh, fairly easy to download it and just fill it in and then email it back to the office. But we'd uh, we'd love to um, uh, add you there if uh, that's something that you would like to do, or if you have changes to your contact information or other members of uh, other information about your family, you can use that form as well. So. uh, just to uh, remind you of that. In your bulletin, there is noted on the 27th of January, that's this coming Saturday, uh, a session with Isabel Cutler on uh, grief sharing. And uh, the start time there is noted as 1.30, and that's been changed. It's now 2 o'clock, so it's just a half an hour. That's this coming Saturday at at 2 o'clock. At uh, the meeting of Bishop and Chapter this past week, we set the date for our annual congregational meeting, and that's going to be Sunday, the 18th of February at 1 o'clock. So the intention is that we will uh, precede that by a light lunch after the 10.30 worship, and the meeting will begin here at the cathedral at 1 o'clock. Our nominating committee continues to... uh, be at work and is meeting and continues to receive nominations for roles on bishop and chapter and otherwise. So um, we're working away. We still have the need for one member of chapter with the intention that that person would um, have some oversight and lead our communications committee. So if um, you happen to think of someone who you might nominate, or if you yourself might be interested in offering, um, that position remains open. So the chair of the committee is Jane Hand, Uh, members of the committee, myself, Harry Palmer, Kirk Schmidt, and Jill Dunderdale. So you can speak to any of those um, if you have some information. And finally, um, this morning we heard from Gary Barfett. Gary, of course, is the president of the Guild of St. Joseph. And uh, looking ahead to the beginning of Lent, and especially to Shrove Tuesday, he uh, 
made reference to the fact that we would like to have a Shrove Tuesday pancake supper, but at the moment we only have about half of the volunteers that we would need for that to happen. So he made an appeal um, stating that it's not necessary to be a member of the Guild of St. Joseph's. It's not even necessary to be of the male gender. So anyone who would be able to help, uh, either in the kitchen or serving, would be... Um, it's important to hear from you now because uh, the Guild is making a decision about whether or not that supper can go forward. So just to remind you, that's the 13th of February this year. It's quite early. Ash Wednesday is the 14th. So Gary would need to hear from you soon. And if you want to hear all of his comments, you can go back to the live stream for this morning and listen to what Gary had to say. Um, so please contact him if, uh, if that's possible for you. Is there anything else that needs announcing? Worship this afternoon is, of course, evening prayer, and we're using the Book of Common Prayer. We continue now with the exhortation, which you'll find on page 18. Dearly beloved, the Scripture moveth us in sundry places to acknowledge and confess our manifold sins and wickedness, and that we should not dissemble nor cloak them before the face of Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, but confess them with an humble, lowly, penitent, and obedient heart, to the end that we may obtain forgiveness of the same by His infinite goodness and mercy. And although we ought at all times humbly to acknowledge our sins before God, yet ought we most chiefly so to do when we assemble and meet together to render thanks for the great benefits that we have received at his hands, to set forth his most worthy praise, to hear his most holy word, and to ask those things which are requisite and necessary, as well for the body as the soul. Wherefore, I pray and beseech you, as many as are here present, to accompany me with a pure heart and humble voice unto the throne of the heavenly grace. And we pray together, Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done. And we have done those things which we ought not to have done. And there is no help in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders, Spare thou them, O God, which confess their faults. Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. Almighty God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who desireth not the death of a sinner, but rather that he may turn from his wickedness and live, hath given power and commandment to his ministers to declare and pronounce to his people, being penitent, the absolution and remission of their sins. He pardoneth and absolveth all them that truly repent and unfeignedly believe his holy gospel. Wherefore, we beseech him to grant us true repentance and his Holy Spirit, that those things may please him which we do at this present, and that the rest of our life hereafter may be pure and holy, so that at the last we may come to his eternal joy, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive them that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. O God, make speed to save us. Psalm 103. You'll find that in the prayer book on page 460. Psalm 103.
The first lesson is taken from Isaiah chapter 47, beginning at the first verse. Come down and sit in the dust, virgin daughter Babylon. Sit on the ground without a throne, daughter Chaldea. For you shall no more be called tender and delicate. Take the millstones and grind meal, remove your veil, strip off your robe, uncover your legs, pass through the rivers. Your nakedness shall be uncovered and your shame shall be seen. I will take vengeance and I will spare no one. Our Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, is his name, is the Holy One of Israel. Sit in silence and go into darkness, daughter Chaldea, for you shall no more be called the mistress of kingdoms. I was angry with my people. I profaned my heritage. I gave them into your hand. You showed them no mercy. On the aged, you made their yoke exceedingly heavy. You said, I shall be mistress forever, so that you did not lay these things to heart or remember their end. Now therefore hear this, you lover of pleasures, who sit securely, who say in your heart, I am, and there is no one besides me. I shall not sit as a widow or know the loss of children. Both these things shall come upon you in a moment, in one day the loss of children and widowhood shall come up, come upon you in full measure. In spite of your many sorceries and the great power of your enchantments, you felt secure in your wickedness. You said, no one sees me. Your wisdom and your knowledge led you astray, and you said in your heart, I am and there is no one besides me. But evil shall come upon you, which you cannot charm away. Disaster shall fall upon you, which you will not be able to ward off, and ruin shall come on you suddenly, of which you know nothing. Stand fast in your enchantments and your many sorceries, with which you have labored from your youth. Perhaps you may be able to succeed, perhaps you may inspire terror. You are wearied with your many consultations. Let those who suddenly, who study the heavens, stand up and save you. Those who gaze at the stars and at each new moon predict what shall befall you. See, they are like stubble. The fire consumes them. They cannot deliver themselves from the power of the flame. No coal for warming oneself is this, no fire to sit before. Such to you are those with whom you have labored, who have trafficked with you from your youth. They all wander about in their own paths. There is no one to save you. Here ends the lesson.
The second lesson is from Mark chapter 7, beginning at verse 31. Then he returned from the region of Tyre and went by way of Sidon towards the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. They brought to him a deaf man who had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to lay his hand on him. He took him aside in private, away from the crowd, and put his fingers into his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ethatha, that is, be opened. And immediately his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. Then Jesus ordered them to tell no one, but the more he ordered them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. They were astounded beyond measure, saying, He has done everything well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. Here ends the lesson. Apostles' Creed is on page 22. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, Sovereign under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the great and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, 
the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Lord, 
and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. has done everything well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. It may not be blatantly obvious, but there is some connection between the passage from Isaiah 47 and the reading from Jonah that took place in worship earlier in the day today. Here in Isaiah, like with the situation of Jonah, where God promises total destruction with its raging evil in the city of Nineveh, Isaiah has a word from the Lord for the Babylonian Empire. Babylon destroyed the temple at Jerusalem in about 587 BC. And that was followed by exile for a major part of the population of Judah. Some Bibles title this section 
the humiliation of Babylon. Or Babylon brought low. Babylon lived by the motto, I am and there is none besides me, and considered itself accountable to no one. Isaiah compares Babylon to a prideful virgin daughter who should sit down in the dust. In a somewhat surprising move, Isaiah claims Babylon to actually be the instrument of God used to discipline Israel. Babylon demonstrated no mercy, not even to the elderly. Consequently, God informs them that he will spare none. It would seem God has no mercy for those who show no mercy. And like Jonah's harsh prophecy to Nineveh, Babylon too is doomed. Unless, unless there's a change of heart. In the gospel passage from Mark, we might miss the significance of where Jesus is performing the healing of the deaf man. Earlier in this chapter, Jesus is found in one of several accounts of conflict with the religious elders where they quiz and question him. We hear that Jesus then goes to the region of Tyre and there cures the daughter of a Syrophoenician woman. That is a Gentile woman. And you might recall Jesus responding to that request, pointing out that it's unfair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. She replies that even the dogs eat children's crumbs under the table. And Jesus says, for saying that, you may go. And the girl was found well. With both of these acts of healing, the healing of the Syrophoenician woman's daughter and the healing of the deaf man, Jesus is not in home territory. The crowds here are Gentile crowds. Perhaps he crossed the Jordan to get some relief from the pressure he was feeling at home. But the passage this evening continues saying he now went by way of Sidon toward the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis, a word which means region of the ten towns. Without going into the geographical details, it's enough to recognize that if he was away from home before, now he goes even further afield. This is probably as far away as Jesus' ministry ever takes him from home. This is pagan territory. And that's worth noting, I think, because it says something about Jesus' motivations. There's a clear message here that Jesus has come to save the whole world, Jew and Gentile alike. Jesus shall reign where'er the sun doth its journeys run. His kingdom stretch from shore to shore till Moons will wax and wane no more. In the way Mark proclaims his version of the gospel, we are coming up to a climactic point in Mark's version of the good news. This and several events that follow it are leading us into and preparing us for a turning point in the tale.
Maybe it's just that hearing and speech, very much related to one another, are necessary attributes for discipleship. We all need to have our ears opened. Once we have heard and understood, the natural consequence is that we go out and speak openly to the world about what we have heard and understood. What Jesus does to this man is something that is meant to happen to every one of his followers, including his closest disciples. Mark says they were astounded beyond measure, saying he has done everything well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. Almighty and everlasting God, mercifully look upon our infirmities and in all our dangers and necessities, stretch forth thy right hand to help and defend us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. 
In this week of prayer for Christian unity, let us pray for the global church of Christ, for the World Council of Churches, and for the Canadian Council, and for all the denominational representations of the same with their leaders and members. Let us pray for the unity of all Christian people. Let us pray for the church and especially David, our bishop and metropolitan in the Anglican cycle, the church of South India, in our provincial prayers, the bishop ordinary to the Canadian Armed Forces and all military chaplains and those who serve in the military. Remember Justin, Archbishop of Canterbury, Charles, our king, Linda, our primate, and Matthias, Metaduis Badoho, Bishop of Ho, and all who minister in our own congregation and community. Pray for the church. O Lord Jesus Christ, who didst say unto thine apostles, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Regard not our sins, but the faith of thy church, and grant unto it that peace and unity which is agreeable to thy will, who livest and reignest with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. And continuing to celebrate and recognize the gifts of the Epiphany of the Lord, let us give thanks for the work and revelation of God in our midst. Almighty God, whose Son revealed in signs and miracles the wonder of thy saving presence, renew thy people with thy heavenly grace, and in all our weakness sustain us by thy mighty power, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Remember in your prayers, if you will, those who have asked us to pray for them, those we know to be in any kind of trouble or need, those who are listed in our cathedral prayers, those remembered on the cathedral prayer network, those who are unknown to us. O God, our Father, we commend to thy goodness, all those who are in any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate, especially those for whom our prayers are desired, that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. For Jesus Christ, his sake. Amen. And let us remember in our prayers those who have departed this life and are at rest, remembering especially Don Roberts and Mabel Doak, others we know to have died. And let us pray for all those who mourn their passing. O eternal Lord God, who holdest all souls in life, we beseech thee to shed forth upon thy whole church in paradise and on earth the bright beams of thy light and heavenly comfort. And grant that we, following the good example of those who have loved thee and served thee here and are now at rest, may at the last enter with them into the fullness of thine unending joy. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
Now unto him that is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, who hast given us grace at this time with one accord, to make our common supplications unto thee, and thus promise that when two or three are gathered together in thy name, thou wilt grant their requests. Fulfill now, O Lord, the desires and petitions of thy servants as may be most expedient for them, granting us in this world knowledge of thy truth, and in the world to come, life everlasting. Amen. We conclude with the grace, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen.